Our epistle lesson today comes from the letter to the Ephesians. And the letter to the Ephesians is described as containing the basics to living in Christian community by naming three things. One, the meaning of our calling. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What is the calling? It is the call to follow Jesus, to live like Jesus, to place Jesus as our head. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord, if you will. For in Jesus, we meet God. And in Jesus, we see what genuine humanity looks like. The second thing, grace. Each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace poured out over each of us, equipping each of us to play our part. And the third, oneness. Oneness in the body of Christ. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. The importance of unity, the importance for us to maintain it, to guard it. We who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. There's a unique worth to our call as the body of Christ. It's unlike any other calling because it is a calling centered in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. In Christ, we meet God. And in Jesus, we see what genuine humanity looks like. In Jesus, we hear, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. We can't say we don't know what to do or how to be, or what even our greatest calling is, because in Jesus we know. But that doesn't mean it comes easy or naturally. That doesn't mean we don't have to do any work to live into it and to continue to build upon the dream of God begun in Jesus. We know the behavior we wish to capture, but that doesn't mean we always get it right. This is the vision that the letter to the Ephesians lives into. So I'll be reading from Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. And as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, May your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body 
and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he, he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by that craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. This is the word of God. For us, the people of God, thanks be to God. So my family is not um, the greatest at getting, you know, professional pictures as a family. The last one we did was in 2017, and I also think that was the first one we ever did. Um, but when my oldest child was born, I really wanted to get a professional picture on the day of her first birthday. And um, she knows I'm talking about her. I forgot to tell Davis, just know you're about to come up too. I apologize. I did not get your permission. I really wanted to get a professional picture on her first birthday. So we did. We went, set her down, got a picture. It was easy, smeezy, got a great picture. So then my second child was born. I was like, I want to do it again. I'm going to go on his birthday, get a professional picture done. Let's just say Davis was different. Um, didn't really fuss, but like wouldn't be still, wouldn't look at the camera, we could, he would never stop. So the photographer at one time pulled out this wooden horse rocking chair, and I really meant to grab eight by tens of these pictures. I meant to bring them and I forgot, so sorry, of this um, horse. The thought was Davis would sit on it and be still for a minute and we could get a picture. Davis did kind of walk over to the horse did kind of sit, but wouldn't stay. So the picture we ended up with was him like halfway off the horse looking at the camera as he's ready to go um, to the next place. Um, it's a good picture, uh, but I wasn't satisfied. It's like I had in mind this vision of how this picture should be. So for about six months, um, I was always taking pictures now, that may not sound like a big deal to any of you because you always are always taking pictures, but I did not have an iPhone or an Android that had a ready-made camera at the time. I think I still had a flip phone. So I was carrying around my Canon digital camera for about six months. And finally, one day, the kids were in the backyard. They were playing in this little car that had like a yellow roof on the top and they were playing in the hose, pretending it was raining and running in and out of the car. I got this shot with like the water falling and Davis is smiling and looking right at me. I mean, it is, again, I meant to bring the picture, but I forgot. It just captured 
this vision of this picture that I wanted to get. A picture that took me around six months um, and persistence and mistakes. Now, Davis would no longer let me take six months worth of pictures um, and bad shots. But I captured this vision of this picture I had in my head. Um, as a side note, when my third child came around, we didn't even go get a picture <laughs> on his first birthday. Um, sorry, Cody. I know, it's sad. I remember um, when Planet Earth came out. Um, do you remember? I mean, it was a sensation, right? And I was reading about the making of Planet Earth. And I learned that it took them about four years, including all the editing, to get it all together. That they had around 2,000 filming days. And for some of those scenes, they'd be out there for these, I mean, incredible amounts of time. Sometimes two or three months. The penguins apparently took a year. Those working on the film said they knew the behavior they needed to capture. They knew what they wanted on film. And it was about watching and waiting for the right moment. They admitted that they didn't always get it right, that at times they would miss things, but they had this vision in mind. They knew they were building something, and they kept at it. The author of Ephesians um, captures a vision of community in Christ. One where a gathered community of believers practices living the way of love together by centering on the person and work of Christ. One where the truth named is that we are all in this together. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. But that doesn't mean that community came easy or naturally. That doesn't mean that the early church didn't have to do any work to live into and continue to build upon the dream of God begun in Jesus. In the epistles, we see this. There's an admittance that they didn't always get it right, that they would miss it sometimes. What we see is um, that they knew what they wanted to capture. They had a vision in mind they knew they were building something, and they kept at it, even if it felt like, and still at times feels like, we only get a good picture of it every six months. If you've been coming the past few weeks, you can't help but notice that the theme of this whole worship series, the theme of our stewardship was puzzle pieces. They were scattered around the chairs. They were our pledge cards. We had a puzzle up here that you could work on, and I'm very thankful to whoever has been working on that. Um, all these pieces that we're given to think about how we aid in the mission and ministry at Parkway Hills. At Parkway Hills, we are each building upon something. The story of this particular church in this place and time the wider story of Methodism with all of its twists and turns, the story of the early Christian church struggling to figure out this new thing called the body of Christ, living into the way of Christ, and the overarching story of God acting in history to reveal who God is and what happens when God encounters humanity. We are creating something. 
And every piece matters. One Sunday after worship, there were a couple of you up here working on the puzzle, and you asked me um, if, if I could give you the picture. Like, if we have the picture, it'll help a little bit with the puzzle. It makes the puzzle easier. As church, we have the picture. In Christ, we meet God. And in Jesus, we see what genuine humanity looks like. We know where we are going We, in our time here and now, in our little corner of the world, we get to add pieces to this great story of God, reconciling all things in Christ. We're the building blocks of God's kingdom. And we work best when we remember that we are one and we all work together. This past Thursday... Um, I saw the movie adaptation of Isabel Wilkerson's book, Cast, The Origin of Our Discontent. Some of us read this together a couple years ago when it came out. Um, The movie is called Origin. If you hadn't read the book, read it. If you hadn't seen the movie, go see it. Um, Take some tissue. But Cast, and this is my terrible synopsis, um, Cast is about the made-up rules we create to keep some people on top and some people on the bottom, and how these caste rules are the very things that make us behave in atrocious ways and treat entire groups of people in ways we wouldn't treat someone we love or want to be treated ourselves. So watching the movie and holding this worship series, it just kind of all hit and made me realize, you know, This stuff matters. This reminder, this oneness, this talk about that we are all in this together, this practice to live like Jesus, Jesus as the one who shows us what true humanity looks like, sharing this message, it matters. Because as one line um, at one of the Holocaust Museum says, if it happened once, it could happen again. You know, we began this series um, placing the first pieces of our puzzle by celebrating the baptism of Jesus. We began by proclaiming that baptism is the beginning of our journey, striving to learn and understand what it means to walk with Jesus because Jesus has already decided to walk with us. A journey that calls us to not only learn how to walk with Jesus, but to learn how to walk with those who have been baptized with us and entered into community with us. Baptism is about learning how to be church, the body of Christ, for the world that God so loves. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Baptism is about each of us as individuals knowing that we have been claimed and named by God in our baptism, but we join the whole Judean Judean countryside and all of Jerusalem in the waters. We enter community, 
a community of believers shaped and defined by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, a community of believers called to be community for this world that God so loves. The waters of baptism are about a relational God of love choosing to wade into the waters with us. And this water doesn't just wash over me or you. This water washes over all of us, giving us a new identity, calling us into a different way, the way of love, a life of service and compassion for and connection with all of God's creation. We are children of God, disciples of Jesus Christ, and the waters of baptism call us to a life lived in love, loving God, loving neighbor, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. We who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. And it all begins for us at the baptismal font, an entrance into community. There's a line in Enuma Akora's book, Reluctant Pilgrim. I know I've shared it, shared it before, um, but it's one of my favorite. She says, the worst and possibly scariest thing about all this is that before I had any say in it, I was claimed as a Christian, meaning she was brought forward as an infant for baptism. Whether or not others might call me a Christian is up for grabs, but I belong to a faith tradition formed and steeped in the idea of self-denial for love, for love of neighbor and rooted in community. Just by the nature of my baptism, I am part of a distinct and storied community. Whether I like it or not, whether I acknowledge it or not, I belong to a faith tradition that tells me my life is really not my own, but rather is caught up in the divine and communal life of something bigger than myself. I'm a character in a story I did not write. And there are many other characters in addition to myself who are equally important. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. <laughs>